All human thought, all science, all religion is the holding of a candle. Are we human because we gaze at the stars? Or do we gaze at them because we are human? When the stars were right, they could plunge the world to pastures in the sky. But when the stars were wrong, they could not live. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die. When the universe is vast and inexplicable, and you are weak and insignificant, then you know you're playing Call of Cthulhu. This is an actual play of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, featuring adult themes and horror. Listener discretion is advised. Find our published scenarios at starsareright.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, settle in, dear listener. Intrigue, high adventure, and cosmic horror await when the stars are right. Hello and welcome back, listeners. Today, we will be playing Session 3 of Angel's Thirst. From Cults of Cthulhu, written by Chris Lackey, Mike Mason and Friends, and published by Chaosium. Who are you playing and how are you today? Hal? I'm playing Adelaide Glifford, and it looks like I'm going to have to hire myself a better cat. Brayden? I'm playing the Bengal cat, and yeah, I'm full of shame. Aww. Noxicals? I am playing Thomas Tommy Cornell, and uh, I'm highly dubious about the soup in this soup kitchen. Lydia. Hi, I'm playing Johnny Webster, and I'm afraid we're going to get mobbed. And I'm Fedro, your keeper for the day, and let's hope it's not a full moon tonight. Because you're in a warehouse. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking That's the best pun you've done ever. That one's a thinker. You built that up as like it was going to be so terrible. You said it was actively hurting you. It is. It was the best one you've made. What? Oh my god! My standards are all whacked. How? Just like we're about to be. What? We're about to be whacked. I thought you were threatening me. No, just like you're about to be. No, we're going to get whacked by the mob. How? Tell us what happened last time. With soup on in an hour, the investigators debate indulging their penchant for subterfuge again. Would disguises and false identities be helpful when talking to the staff in a soup kitchen? Could they avoid tedious small talk by simply breaking into the church and poking around? They plump instead for the simple approach, but kill time first by inspecting the site where Mr. Diaz's abandoned taxi was discovered. There are several small businesses nearby, perhaps someone saw something. Nick Swanson of the furniture shop knows nothing new about the incident, but does mention shady activity around the local warehouse, the kind that wears pinstripe suits and carries Tommy guns. Detective Brooker reportedly didn't seem very interested in investigating, and a theory starts to emerge involving organised crime and a corrupt police force. The warehouse sounds worth exploring, though it's securely locked up. No barrier at all to the notorious Bengal cat, of course, and plans are made for a nocturnal sortie. For now, it's time to return to the church and join the throngs of hungry soup-seekers making their way to a community room toward the back of the impressive Art Deco interior. The clipboard-wielding Ms. Crosby appears to be running the show, but has little time to indulge questions about local disappearances. She directs the party instead to the priestess, Elsie. Speaking to one of the attendees yields little more. He too recommends they talk to the priestess, Wilma Cartwright. Elsie or Wilma, who is leading this church? Neither is around, and it seems attending a service next day will be the only opportunity for an audience. All the more time to investigate the warehouse tonight. 
Dressed in black, the party waits patiently for the Bengal cat to demonstrate his skills. The padlock on the outer fence proves unpickable, an inauspicious start. Undaunted, the art thief springs over the fence and tries his lockpicks on the warehouse door itself, where they jam and break. The skylight, perhaps. Watched in increasing disappointment by his lookouts, Mr. Cat stacks crates against the wall until he can get a glimpse inside the mysterious warehouse which he can now at last see in fact contains… more crates. Before he can think of dropping through any skylights and doing himself an injury, the others give the secret whistle, a dark car with tinted windows is crawling past, and it's time to make themselves scarce. I'm going to start this session with a secret roll. Okay, so you are hiding from a car you saw appear outside the warehouse. Okay, I'm gonna jump a fence if I can. Stealthily. Yeah, uh, hopefully, but probably not though. I guess you've already rolled a combined uh, jump and stealth and it's worked out so far. Presumably you could get to like a side or behind the warehouse and hop the fence there, sort of where the building will between be between you and the car, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. However, I'd like a group luck roll to see if you're at completely the opposite side from where everyone else is hiding. I don't think you want a group luck roll. I think that's a terrible plan. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh boy. It's another one for Mr. 25 over there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a 27. Can I spend two points of luck? That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so close. So you do manage to leave behind the warehouse, but everyone else is hidden behind some crates on the other side of the warehouse, mm. where the only way to get to them is walking in front of that car. I thought we were just walking away. Oh, I guess in which case you're walking away in the other direction. You, yeah, that, you're walking we, away we never got, on the We street. never got in. <laughs> okay. So you look like a couple of people just walking in the area. Yeah, we're dressed for a funeral and... Uh... Okay. Okay, so you're walking away and you're behind the other side. But I guess you can you can probably circle the square in and find them. Okay. Yeah, you, you could probably take a little while to find each other, but you can do it. I believe in you. And do you want us to make rolls to find out whether we can find each other later, or are we just okay to do so? I mean, if you're not in a rush for anything, then it's okay. I mean, worst case scenario, he'll he'll find his way back to the hotel and find us there, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. exactly. If you're not in a rush, it's all right. And also, I would have thought that he wouldn't try to lead whoever this is to the rest of the group as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. The man knows his business, right? Exactly. You know, he'd go off on his own and, and try to... Not that I, I'm telling you your character and that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, continue. He needs all the help he can get at the moment. <laughs> One thing I've always said about the Bengal cat is he always gives all of his money to my character for some reason. It's really nice of him. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to leap over a fence and hopefully make my way back to the party over the span of many hours to make sure that I'm not being followed. Okay, yeah, that's fine. So let's say after a while you reunite. Back at the, uh, back at the hotel, or like en route. As we walk away, Phaedra, can Tommy, who's pretty sharp-eyed, like, keep, look back and see what's going on with this car? I mean, does it, 
stop and you know somebody get out and they drive into the warehouse or does it just stop outside the warehouse or what does it, it do? It stopped outside and you turn around and look and it seems to just be stopped as you walk away. Hmm. By the time you like turn they probably you you wouldn't have seen anyone get out of the car. Interesting. I guess we'll look suspicious if we loiter. Yeah. Wait, no, we shouldn't so. stay. Yeah, let's just get out of here. Good thinking. Benji will catch us up. Oh, I hope he's all right. He's a smart cat. I'm going to jump the fence, but still, like, wait within earshot just so I can hear whether someone, like, exits the car or if they just drive off. And I'm trying to figure out if they're, like, security or if they're just scoping the place out. Okay. After a while, uh, you hear a, a car door open. And uh, I, I don't know if you can see from where you are, but someone exits the car and and unlocks the... You can hear the kind of main door of the fence open up and then they're walking towards the warehouse. Okay. I'll uh, get going. If I can cast eyes from a distance, I will, but I'm not going to do so and draw attention to myself hmm okay yeah you don't you don't spot anything very significant by the time you're gone do the rest of you wait for him at the hotel or do you go somewhere else what's you thinking we can just pause like one or two blocks over right yeah okay. walk slowly give him a chance to catch us up and if he doesn't he'll meet us at the hotel cool I'm happy for you to meet up eventually mm-hmm I guess we don't really have anywhere else to go but back to the hotel for more planning, right? We're not going for round two. <laughs> that was a goddamn bust. Bad luck. Sorry, all. I didn't factor in the salt in the air. From the ocean being nearby, it must have uh, corroded my lockpicks. Oh, it's not your fault, mate. These things happen. We'll find another way in, don't worry. I do think we could perhaps furnish you with better equipment for our next outing, Mr. Cat. That would be helpful, although I do insist I will pay for my own equipment. Good. I appreciate that in a contractor. On the morrow, I expect you'll be able to uh, find someone in your line of work or in the business of supplying it. So, we're uh, going to go and talk to the detective tomorrow. Is that the plan? Scant other options, I think, at least until 6pm when the sermon opens its doors. Well, we've tried going on one side of the law. Guess we ought to go on the other. Yeah. We should get some shut-eye, really. But on the plus side, look at the new cat tree. <laughs> <laughs> look! Have they Samson delivered it already? Loves it. Wow, late time delivery. Um. <laughs> I like the idea that um, Samson has, like, utterly trashed our hotel room in our absence. <laughs> and uh, every day is just going to be, like, a long-suffering... Uh, discussion <laughs> with the hotel manager and the disbursement of like significant fees for reupholstering. Yeah, probably. That that's why he had to buy the cat tree. There's a cat mm -hmm. and a dog, right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> They're chasing each other around. <gasps> oh god. We're gonna have to have an argument about your um expenses bill if your dog is also trashing your hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> Dee Dee's very well trained, thank you very much. Good to hear. Back home then, I reckon. And I think Adelaide is going to spend a little while before we go to sleep. Um, 
<laughs> doing some kind of witchy-woo stuff. She brought some books over and she doesn't like the way this evening has gone omens-wise, so she's going to try and, uh, you know, summon some positive energies and uh, <laughs> realign masses. I'll go back to my boat. See you all in the morning. Okay. <laughs> Bye. I'm on a boat, bitches. <laughs> okay, so you have a relatively restful night. And it's a Saturday. You did stay up a bit late, so you either probably end up waking up late or you're quite tired in the morning if you insist on waking up early. Nah. I reckon we can sleep in, right? Samson probably wakes us up early, but then <laughs> we just, like, put him off the bed and make him go and play in the other room and go back to sleep. Oh man, I've been there. Can't own a life. <laughs> I'm happy to let the uh, hotel buffet come and go and then just go and get food in some brunch place. Okay. Dude, would you like to make some plans for the day over brunch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do that. So we're all going to the detective first, I assume? Yeah, exactly. Technically, we haven't exhausted all of the local businesses. We just talked to Furniture Shop Man and got the info what about the was there again? There was the Furniture Shop, the warehouse. Was there a factory of some description? Do I remember that? Yeah, uh, ball bearings. A ball bearing distributor and auto mechanic. Mechanic might be worth a try. He might have noticed a car. Mm. Yeah, it's true. We can check him on the way to the service, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it shouldn't take long. So, uh, what are we going to say to the fuzz when we get there? Friends of the family or whatever. That's the most straightforward approach. Um, I did rather like the suggestion of posing as MI5 <laughs> or MI6 or whatever it would be. It's a little uh, overwrought, perhaps, but we might get results. I think you can do it. Thank you, dear. I can try and rustle you up some paperwork, but, um, you know, no guarantee it will pass muster. I suppose there's always the more prudent approach whereby one or other of our number tries engaging him uh, you know reasonably as themselves and then if he proves to be a closed book we uh, bring out the big guns <laughs> and uh, your forgeries well I mean he's already said no though hasn't he it's what Selena said he's not interested oh that's true and really I mean I'm sure that your forgeries are great but even if they're not is he really going to know what a Scotland Yard thing looks like? I don't know. I wouldn't think so. I mean, you could give him anything, right? Well, yeah, I could write something on the back of a napkin. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> something to bear in mind, right? If this copper is as half assed as he seems to be, it might be that a, a different kind of paperwork is what he's after. If you get my drift. Oh, the green kind? Yeah. Happily... I think we'll be in a position to provide him with both. So do we want me to try and rustle up some fake MI5 paperwork? <laughs> I think that would be cool. I Go think on, so. Alright, I've got 40% in forgery, just to warn you. And I have no spare luck. How Is long it... does the average forgery That's take true. without having the workshop and the materials already at hand? We might have to try him tomorrow, then. Yeah, but it would probably take hours, right? Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah. Although it's not like I'm going to know what MI5 paperwork looks like, guys. <laughs> I'm making it up. I don't know enough about um, how England... Like, in the States, it's the FBI or whatever. Elsewhere in Europe, it's Interpol. I don't know squat about the way my own country handles, like, international crime. I'm not 100% certain, but at the time, I imagine it would have just been special branch. 
because I think MI5, and I'm sure somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, I think MI5 came about after the war because it was Special Operations Executive. Oh, okay. But again, I'm not certain. I think it was just Special Branch. That's way more knowledge than I have, so... So yeah, something, um, you know, official, frilly edges that says Scotland Yard Special Branch on it. And there we have it. So you're waiting until it's ready to go talk to him, or is the half of you that's going as themselves going now, and then you're going back when you have them ready for the second bit? What kind of sounds like it's maybe not worth going and approaching him as ourselves, if he's okay. already told the family he doesn't care, he's not going to tell friends of the family different. Is that what we were thinking, guys? Well, unless we think that a little bit of well-placed money might make the difference. That's true, actually, yeah. Okay, yeah, we could try both. We could try the bribe first, and then... Okay, fine. I, I just reach over the table and hand someone, like, a sack lid of cash, I guess. A sack? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> no, I don't know. But, it, like, it shouldn't be me doing the bribing if I'm going to be the um, agent, right? But I'm happy to, to fund it. Yeah. Well, it strikes me that me and, me and Johnny are probably the two that are least likely to pass muster as uh, intelligence agents or whatever. So maybe we do the uh, backhand approach. And you try uh, the intelligence approach. I like it. <laughs> I could just stand there and look imposing. You're good at that. <laughs> well, I sure. could try. And, uh, you know, if he seems tight-lipped, slip him a few of these. And she will... I assume Adelaide just has a load of... Like, would have gone to a money changer before we came over. So I guess, you should, yeah, just a stack of bills. Do I need to knock a certain amount off my cash keeper how much do you want to give i don't know what's a reasonable bribe i don't know what what's like a you know what are the wages of a of a of a copper right. in 1920 oh actually we can figure that out with maths and an investigator's handbook oh my god how fun <laughs> it's not gonna be that hard to find out right i can just look at um there Policemen. Yeah. Limit. See what their spending limit is, see what their credit rating is, and uh, we'll soon figure it out. So, your daily spending limit would probably equal around $700. Oh, okay. That's. Is that a. Is that a. That's a. Are we talking nowadays? That's $700 nowadays? Yeah, yeah, like $700 equivalent of today. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the credit rating as cops is apparently 9 to 30. Mine is 70. I, I don't know whether to, like, offer him a bit more than that. That's like yearly salary for the superintendent of police would have been about $5,000 a year. Really? Yeah, that, and that's that's a high-up member of staff. Captains, you're talking about $3,000 a year. This is some random thing from 1924 showing different places. $2,000 a year is working my way down. So, yeah, privates. He's a detective, so, you know, even if we run on a, a captain's salary or a lieutenant's salary, we're talking less than $3,000 a year. So, I mean, what? It's 3000 divided by 12. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a month's salary, yeah. Uh, that's $250 be... would be an entire month's salary. Okay. So, I mean, even flashing 50 is probably going to be quite a significant chunk of change. Well, 50 is my spending level, 350 is my cash. I don't know if I want to drain all my cash just to uh, make this guy swim in gold, <laughs> but I guess I give you, like, $50 in, like, ones and fives, 
And then I'm like, and consider this the emergency fund if it seems like he knows something but is really playing hardball. And then I give you like a second stack of an additional 50. And then you've got $100 and I'll knock 50 off my cash if we end up spending it. Is that right? Yeah. Cool on with me. And am I going to have a go at these paper papers then? Do you want that now, Keeper, or do you want that after we've tried to talk to the detective? I guess it depends on when you're doing them. Since you're going now, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to start working on them after you're back? Yeah, because I mean, he might just spill everything, right? And make it all moot. Good point. All right. Come on then, Johnny. Uh, you go to the Santa Monica Police Department. The station seems quite busy. You kind of hang around in a crowd waiting for someone at, uh, at kind of the booth to inquire about what what you'd like. I'm assuming you say you want to see Detective Brooker. Yeah, I'll just walk up to the to the desk and say, uh, yeah. looking to speak to Detective Brooker if he's available. Take a seat over there, please. Gladly. And you wait. Tommy, tell me, how do I look tough? What do I do? <laughs> we should probably have talked about this beforehand, but I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to look tough. Just look, I don't know, look like you can handle yourself. What are you good at? Um... Carrying stuff and picking so? stuff up and putting stuff down and I, 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 I work backstage. You know, I, I carry all like the heavy, the costumes and the sets and stuff like that. Pick up a so, chair. <laughs> if Della said to you, Johnny, here's a big pile of sacks that I need moving. Imagine the face you'd pull. Pull that face. <laughs> but. Alright. If if Della asked me, I'd probably be smiling. <laughs> That's fine. Just don't be too goofy about it. <laughs> I think that's the problem, mate. I am. So she makes me feel she makes me feel goofy though. Oh, alright, alright, all right. Imagine, I, I imagine your dad asked you to lift some stuff. Alright. I can do that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's a great interaction. <laughs> that is legit heartwarming. Oh my god, I love my sweet, stupid boy. <laughs> Jonathan, my heart. <laughs> what does uh, Adelaide do during this time? That's a great question. I wish I could go and buy us more lockpicks, but I don't think she's very good at making that kind of contact. Should we talk about how exactly we're going to pose as MI6 agents? Yeah, I guess so. Like, oh, you're there as well. What? So you, you split in two. Yeah, yeah, me and him are just lingering okay. over lunch, I suppose. Okay, it's just hanging out. I don't know how I'm meant to be an MI6 agent as a Bengali man. Yeah. There are, lo there are loads of Indian immigrants in London. There are. At the time, I guess there would have been two. It's still very much part oh, of yeah, the empire. Okay. Totally. Yeah. 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 Okay, so you're having a chat. Uh, it takes approximately an hour or so. Until uh, Brooker comes to find you. Oof. He might have checked in a couple of times, but you were told to just wait. Uh, yeah. You haven't met him before, right? No, we've only heard of him. He's kind of... He's a, a guy who looks like he's old before his time. He comes out to the lobby wiping sweat from his forehead with a handkerchief. Uh, I've been told you're here to see me. What, what can I do for you fellas? Is there a... Uh... Somewhere private we could talk, uh, detective. It's a slightly sensitive matter. Uh, 
All right, fo- follow me to, to, to the office. Uh, it's not private, but we'll have to do. Uh, much obliged, thank you. Takes you to like a room with various desks, or the rather police people doing their work, but at least not full of civilians. Yeah. And Johnny walks behind them, trying to look tough <laughs> or imposing, <laughs> lifting things and putting them back down. <laughs> Or like his dad has asked him to carry a pile of sacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we're sat at the desk, I'll um, sort of pull myself in very close and lean over sort of conspiratorially, like, you know. <laughs> like you're waiting for a us. kiss. <laughs> yeah, I'll lean in, grab him behind the head and just tongue him. Um, I will, <laughs> I'll lean in conspiratorially and I'll say, uh, you might be able to tell that we're uh, from out of town. We're uh, friends of the Diaz family. I understand you were looking into the disappearance of uh, Levi Diaz, is that right? You can see his uh, brows furrow and his mouth form a thin line. It's an ongoing investigation, so I can't disclose anything. Oh, of course, I would uh, never expect you to do anything uh, inappropriate. As I say, we're... uh, close friends of the family and uh, we're here helping Selina to look into uh, some things for the family. I said that we'd come and we'd talk to you, we'd get an update, that kind of thing and uh, of course to make it very clear I understand how important your time is and I'll sort of um, reach into one of my pockets and just start um, sort of rustling the notes inside. And Johnny is just nodding and trying to <laughs> look vaguely imposing and concentrating. Uh, would you like to t- attempt a persuade or a charm? Can I convince you of a fast talk? Because I'm not really a friend of the family. <laughs> hmm. The book says... The book says Pursuit or Charm. Come on, that book's not the Mm. boss of you. (laughs) That book's... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine, I'll be nice for once. But only because last episode you guys had a really rough time and you need to win. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, that's a pass. That's a 57 versus 70 on Fast Talk. He says, look... If I tell you what I know, will you please just leave me alone to investigate this? I don't need some civilians poking around. It makes my job harder when you do that. So yeah, I'm course, assuming you course. know everything about the man and his background. That's a lot of what my research is. His, you're his family, so you don't need to know any of that. Uh, let's see what else. He shuffles around some papers. He was last seen by... Uh, this, 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 this woman named Betty Guthrie. He dropped her off around 5 on Saturday, October 14th. Uh, the night he disappeared, I was told he was working 4pm uh, to midnight shift, but we, yeah, uh, we couldn't find any damage on his taxi cab. Uh, it had an almost full tank of gas, and it was found by a mailbox on the corner of Maxilla Avenue and Delray Avenue. I canvassed the neighborhood, no one saw anything. Who found it? As one of the shop people gave us a call. Mrs. Guthrie, lovely old bird. Yes. Said that you seemed um, particularly interested in that weird church nearby. That? No. No. 
That was just a passing question. It's completely unrelated to the case. In fact, we have no active leads at the moment. I will pull out a five and um, just start toying with it in my fingers like I'm absentmindedly doing some origami or something. That's not going to work with me, sir. I'm uh, happy with what I'm paid and I don't need anything. In fact, you don't want to be bribing a police officer. I don't know what you mean. I'm just uh, (laughs) fiddling with the contents of my pockets, officer. Very well. As I said, the case is open, but there are no active leads. Listen, mate, we're helping you out here. We know you don't really want to look into this. We can just carry some of the load for you. Case is open. We're looking for active leads. There are none. Yeah, what does psychology tell us here, Keeper? Roll it and I'll tell you. Oh, that's a, that's a zero one. Oh my God. It was a zero seven, but that's a one. we? Well, hey, I failed miserably. 87 against base 10. Uh, Jonathan, you think he's just a poor, tired man who just wants to do his job and maybe you're being a bit mean. Oh, now I feel bad. Um, <laughs> Tommy, you think he's definitely holding something back. Uh, he also seems anxious and perhaps a bit scared as if his career might be on the line over this. Listen, detective, I can tell that this is a complicated case. I've got a bit of experience in these matters from my uh, business in London. And, uh, well, if there's something that perhaps the long arm of the law can't get involved with, well, let's just say that some of those rules might not apply to a man like me. Is there uh, anything at all that you could do to uh, help point us in the right direction? Because we've found the same leads as you, and we've spoken to those people, and they, well, they didn't have much more to say than you've already told us. That's right. There's nothing more to say. The frequency of missing persons cases has risen in the last year. It's not distressing. It's not unusual. The population is rising. It's all part and parcel with it. We can't be putting this much time and energy in every single misses, missing person case. This is LA. People go missing here all the time. Okay. And he seems ner- He still seems nervous, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid I can spare you no more time. Get out, please. Before I go, Detective Brooker... There are people that I know, even in a town like this, and there are things that they're interested in. If you're afraid of something, well, maybe that's something that I can help with. The only thing I'm afraid of is wasting my time over civilians like you who want to take matters in their own hands. And if if I'm guessing right, you are not on the correct side of the law on a good day. So please get out before I have to arrest you. I've got no other suggestions unless anybody else does. No, I think you gave it the old college try. Who's disappearing then? You said lots of people. Out now. He ashes you out. Has he got an in-tray of paperwork? The desk uh, drawers. Is there anything that looks like it might be related to the case on his desk? I'm afraid not. And when he asks you out, he tells the I'm desk. I'm going to accidentally knock all of his folders onto the tray, onto the floor as I walk out. <laughs> yeah. Go, Take Tommy. That. Accidentally. Fucking eight coppers. <laughs> Can't blame you, mate. Uh, and you're out. He wasn't telling us everything. 
He looked afraid. You think? Yeah, definitely. Afraid of who? I don't know. People in the warehouse, maybe? Maybe. I mean, well, if the people in the warehouse are the mob, he wouldn't be the first policeman on the take, although he didn't seem too interested yeah. in taking from me. Well, I mean, presumably the Mafia pays better than you do. I mean, no offence, but they're probably richer. Well, he doesn't know how much I was going to pay. But still, there was something he didn't want to tell us, or something that was playing on his mind. And given that he's uh, barely been asking questions to the people he's spoken to, I would suggest that what's on his mind is he's been told not to look into this too carefully, rather than... He's worried about not solving it, if you know what I mean. I mean, that that makes sense, but also he said that other people been going missing. I mean, maybe there's more to that. Maybe Mr Diaz isn't the first. It's possible. You could tell, I guess, with your critical success that he actually doesn't know much more. Yeah, but he doesn't know much more because he's been crap. Right, so he, the point because is, he's crap and because, uh, as you have already guessed, and with your critical success, he's been t- told to not allow more to be found out. Mm-hmm. He doesn't yeah. want to know more, okay. But the question is, who doesn't want him to know more? Yeah. He asked about the church. Mm. That's the only real lead we've got yeah. there. I suspect that, you know, uh, Ad- Adelaide rocking up tomorrow pretending to be an MI5 officer is going to do the grand total of bugger all. <laughs> this is our first criminal party. I thought we'd get a lot more mileage out of it. Exactly. Especially because the mob are quite obviously involved in some way, shape or form here. Yeah. Well, it might not be the mob, you know. Like, it's a mysterious warehouse near the mysterious church. Oh, right. All we've seen is a black car. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be that they're, you know, church mem- cult members or whatever, you know. It's true. Not to mess a game too much, but yes. Mm. Yeah, it could be where they hide, you know, where they hide the weird South Sea artifacts or where they hide the bodies or where they keep the Kool-Aid or whatever. Soup ingredients, yeah. What was it the guy in the furniture shop said? I'm trying to remember. Did he just say it was dodgy people? They were well-dressed and they had Tommy guns. Right, okay. Or so his staff had said. Yeah, I mean, that could be anybody. Hmm, yeah. Could even be police. Yeah, Tommy guns might be associated with mobsters, but... Doesn't necessarily mean they are. They're not hard to get hold of. Could be the government. Could be G-men. Yeah. Yeah, I guess in my mind, Tommy guns are exclusively used by mobsters in pinstripe suits holding up banks. (laughs) But uh, were they issued... Saying, why I order... Yeah, the Thompson machine gun is um, the Thompson machine gun. It's it's everywhere at this point because it was used in the First World War, I think. Okay, so was it issued to like law enforcement or whatever? Uh, quite possibly. The other thing is that whole thing of the Tommy gun with the big drum. That's mm. very much a sort of gangster movie thing. The majority of people with Tommy guns just had normal magazines, so it, looked, no way. it didn't it didn't look like mm. the sort of cliched gangster Tommy gun. Oh my oh, god, that's a shame. It's so cool. Oh, it was a thing. It did exist. There was a great big circular drum, but. You know, that wasn't the norm. That was just for bursting out of cakes and uh, yeah. shooting up Rungle <laughs> Monster's birthday parties. Yeah. I think we've both seen some like it hot too many times, Howl, haven't we? <laughs> it could be. And some specific Looney Tunes cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I guess you probably... <laughs> 
Yeah, Adelaide and Ben are still eating so much food. We've figured out an extremely elaborate backstory for both of us. Yeah. And we're incredibly disappointed to learn that it's not going to be necessary. We bought the costumes and everything and we're already disguised. Yeah. <laughs> we will find another opportunity for you to pretend to be Special Branch. Well, we better. some point in this campaign, we will. <laughs> I'll hold you to that, Johnny. So if you didn't get much from the detective, what is our next move then? Going to the church? It's the only thing I can think of. He's scared of something. He's been told not to look into this too closely. And the only thing we know is that he asked about that church. Either he thought they were involved or they were the people that told him to shut up or the people who did tell him to shut up had told him to look into the church as well. There's some link, there has to be. But in saying that, if there's mobsters in that warehouse, that makes sense as well. Maybe there's mobsters in the church as well. Oh heavens, that would be interesting. What would they use a church for? You can't launder money easily through a church, surely? I don't know. They tend to stick with the, uh, the Romans though, don't they? The mob? Yeah. Very true, actually. I've heard some of these mafiosos can be oddly religious. But yes, Catholics to a man. Easier to ask forgiveness than permission, as they say. <laughs> if we do end up going to the church, then we're not going to be asking about Levi, are we? If this detective is scared of them, or interested in them at the very least. Well, if we don't ask about him, I don't rightly know how we're going to find anything out. And I suppose that this prophecy you've been given does require us to search for him. Yes. I really don't think Gabriella would have had that vision if it weren't significant. She's always been... I don't know. She's guided by something, I tell you. So what do you do? Do you wait until 6pm for the uh, service? I think so. You could nip out and buy some more lockpicks if that's an easy thing to do, I don't know. Do you go for shoppings? Yeah, I'll quickly run out and grab some lockpicks and also a new disguise, completely different set of clothes. What about everyone else? Souvenirs? Cat toys? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've got no other particular... We, we want to go and we want to talk to the garage, don't we? The, the automobile repairman. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But we can do that, you know, shortly before the, um, the sermon. You know, we can mm -hmm. pop there at four or whatever. But... Um, uh, yeah, I can't think of anything else particular to do. Do we have any contact details for Selena? She said you can contact her at her uncle's workplace. Yeah. Nice one. I mean, we could talk to her some more, but that's... Yeah, I've got nothing else, really. Mm. I think she's given us all the information that she's able to give us, and, and we don't really have anything more to share with her yet, do we? No, not really. I guess maybe we should just let her know where we're staying in case anything happens and she's able to come find us. Okay, so we're going to find Selena, go to the businesses next to the warehouse, and then finally go to the church. Okay, so I'm happy to assume you've uh, given Selena your details, and... And she's like, how's it going? Are you close? And we're like, <laughs> yeah, super close. It's going great. Working on it. We're working on it. What will you have told her? Just give her, like, the matchbook from the hotel and tell her we're on the case, I guess, and try and reassure her. Matchbook? Just with the hotel's address on, I mean. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. give her all these sweet free coasters I picked up and some <laughs> serviettes. 
Here's my ketchup packets from lunch. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Little bottles of shampoo that we've stolen from the cart, the maid's cart, going back and forth every day. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Rest assured, we're working the case. <laughs> Here's some shampoo, ketchup, and coasters. <laughs> Little something to tide you over. <laughs> and take a look at this cat tree. We're working very, very hard. <laughs> You know, my guardian angel told me to trust you, so I do, but it takes courage. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then, are you waiting until later to go to the car thing, or do you go to the car place first and then go shopping and then go to the service? God, I don't know. It doesn't matter, Just, does it? Yeah. I mean, they might close shop early on a Saturday, so we better go to the mechanic first. Yeah, you're right. Don't want to risk missing him. You go shopping whenever. Okay. So you go to the auto mechanics and there's a buff dude in there in uh, overalls and oil-stained gloves holding a wrench. Cheshire everyone looks like the auto mechanics. <laughs> He's just banging the wrench rhythmically on the side of a vehicle. Yeah. Just on a loop. <laughs> <laughs> He looks up at you, inquisitively. There's a big moustache and a red hat, but he's not a plumber. I trust him. <laughs> Implicitly. <laughs> or a Passacha, for that fact. Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> he's proven himself. We can trust this man. Um, hello there, good fellow. Uh, don't suppose you know anything about a taxi cab that was discovered here, driverless, uh, a few days ago? A taxi cab, you say? Mm, Saturday 14th, which I suppose was a week ago at this point. We're looking for its driver. Seems the poor chap's missing. Hmm, let me think. Uh, yes, I recall a taxi cab going missing here. It wasn't too long ago. And what, what, do you, what do you need? Oh, we're friends of the family. We're just making inquiries in the area in case anybody saw anything. Hmm, well, uh, I, I, I can't say I can, I can think of very much. Uh, but I could ask uh, my colleagues, they're not here today, but, um, well, if, if you give me a, a number to call or a card, then I can let you know what they tell me. Would you? We'd be much obliged. I give him another matchbook and a handful of coasters. And what's the, the names? Oh, my name's Glyford. Uh, the rooms are under my name. Okay. Hmm. Well, uh, sorry I couldn't help for. No, no, it's quite all right. You weren't here on the day, that's that's fine. Uh, we'd be much obliged if you could tell us any detail, however small. Um, we, we really are dealing with a, a distraught family here, a, a fatherless daughter. I mean, you understand. Yeah, she's proper worried. And you say your relatives? Friends. Of the friends. Yes. Psychology keeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Sketch over here. That's a 16 versus 60. Wanting all our names, that's dodgy, isn't it? <laughs> mm. uh, you can tell his... Does he have gills? Hiding something. <laughs> <laughs> How globular are the something eyes? something sus about this guy. Oh dear. I should roll too. Mine was a miserable failure of 82. <sighs> 64 over 44, it's no good. So who passed? I passed. You're the Save only one not. who can tell that there's something off about this guy. However, you didn't manage to intercede in time for Adelaide to give them uh, First name. a lot of yeah, yeah information. Shit. Oh, do I think he's... Oh, sorry. Oh, it's before she gave her real name. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. So I I think he's sus as in, as in I think that's a, we probably shouldn't have given him a, a real name. Or I think he's sus as and I think he's fishing for money. Is that an extreme success? Uh, sixteen is probably not extreme. Sixteen is four points away from extreme. Okay. Would you like to spend them? <laughs> no, because I have twenty-five luck. Yeah. In which case, you think he's hiding something, and he's not telling you everything. Maybe I'm being daft here, but my position is that people need to know our actual name because that's the name they're going to have to give the hotel when they ring up with a message, right? Yeah, but he's never going to ring. He's never going to ring. But we, no, you don't know just that. But wants our info, doesn't he? Yeah, but again, I don't, I don't know that either. I just think he's hiding something. Have we been silly in the way we're pursuing our inquiries? Should we have set up false identities and given the hotel a false name or something? We've got you no reason to time. assume many of this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, no, it's a, not yet. You know. I You're mean, right. if we have to do that later, if we have to kind of go Switch into hotels. hiding, as it were, yeah, go right. to the mattresses, as the mafia would say. <laughs> Is that what they say? Love it. Yes, in The Godfather. Ah, in a while. Given that I don't know that I think he's dangerous without an extreme success, um, I think Tommy would um, perhaps step a little closer and um, reach out to shake the guy's hand. <laughs> With a glove and the oil. He's like, uh, all right. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. I'm not bothered about dirty hands. God knows what I've done with mine. Functical <laughs> <laughs> wow wow. <laughs> And um, I will um, slip him a five in a handshake and say, uh, I don't suppose any of your employees might have told you a little something before you uh, finished for the day. He takes the fiver and he says, I'm afraid not. Thanks, though. (laughs) What a helpful source. Well, consider that a down payment on any useful information you can get us. I'll uh, get back in touch. No one in the stupid town knows how to take a bribe properly and give information. <laughs> what, was the, what was what was the name, my friend? He points up to the. That's his place, isn't it? The sign. Yeah, it's. Uh... Big Papa Dagon's uh, <laughs> evil auto shop. Love it. <laughs> Big Papa Dagon. It's a. Uh, Tommy, Tommy's automatic automobiles. Tommy's, of course it is. <laughs> He's a Tommy. They're all called Tommy. <laughs> They're all called Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time, Tommy. If that is your real name. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's called fucking Tommy. <laughs> as, we're, as we're walking out, uh, I think I will say, I don't know what the fuck is going on at this point. <laughs> But he was hiding something as well. Oh, God. I'm very confused. The copper was deliberately not looking into it because he was scared. That guy knew something and he wasn't telling us. Although it's pretty weird that he asked for where we were staying if he isn't going to tell us anything. Oh, dear. You you think... You think he kind of means to do us harm? Oh, fucked if I know. I think he's on the payroll. Hmm. But again, from whom? Same people. I just realised that Johnny would never say whom. Who <laughs> <laughs> from? Oh, yeah, that's a constant. <laughs> Wherefore art thou, Romeo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he does work in a theatre. Maybe he has picked up grammar. Oh, that's <laughs> true. Ah, oh, good grief. 
Well, we've got a whole town full of tight-lipped, I don't know, completely useless... It's very strange. It just feels like everywhere we turn, it's just like doors being slammed in our face. Quite so. Doors with locks on them. As you're walking down the street, a car drives right next to you and opens its door. Is it a dark door with tinted windows? Yeah. Oh no. Is the number plate D4G0N? Yes, how did you know? <laughs> that took me a second. I didn't get Same. it still, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. No, it's not. But it could be. Uh, the, a man with like dark sunglasses pokes his head out. Oh, really? And says, Lombarda wants to see you. Come in for a little chat. And another door flies open. There's a burly dude at the back with a with a Tommy gun on 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 his lap. Yeah, perfect. Looks like we've made an enemy of the fish people. I'll get in the car then. Yeah, we got her right. There's only one way these things go. Just a quick chat. Nothing to be scared of. Are any of us handy in a fight? <laughs> Don't look at me. Just you, mate. I'm no good in a fight. Oh, actually, I'm all right. Fifty. What about my knight in shining armor, Tommy? <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. Uh, he's a good shot with a rifle. I don't oh, know boy. why he is, but apparently yeah. he is. Um, but no. Brilliant. I'm the only one that can punch anybody. Oh, yeah. Okay. We need to get you a gun. <laughs> he's got really good con, and his strength is pretty good too, but not so good with the actual fighting. It's fun the way in Call of Cthulhu that does not translate necessarily into fighting ability. Hmm. Alright. Well, I guess we're getting in, right? We don't have a lot of choice if they've got a zombie gun. Yeah, exactly. Is there room for go. all four of us in the back of this car or are we sitting on this dude's lap? Oh yeah, it's a big car. <laughs> Alright then. The Bengal cat can curl up in someone's lap. Mob bosses have big cars, that's just how it goes. Yeah, it's a long one. And you're driven off. be watching out the window to take stock of the turns and stuff we take. Smart. Imagine if the mob are actually our allies in this. That would be oh, very be cool. awesome. It's a long journey. You arrive on the long beach coast uh, where you see a big sign and uh, a, a warehouse uh, that says Lombardo Shipping. Um, it's right on the docks and there are people working around the grounds Half a dozen longshoremen, a few security guards. You are taken out of the car and are escorted through a warehouse into the office of a tall, heavyset Italian-American man with dark, unusually slicked back hair. He is leaning back against his chair, smoking a cigar. He sits you around his office and he says, So, my friends. I hear you've been uh, trying to research me. What's, uh... You asking questions uh, around my uh, warehouse? Wait, what? <laughs> Have we been researching this guy? Did I miss that? Sorry, I think there might be a misunderstanding here. Uh, because I'm pretty sure some people matching your description were trying to break in my warehouse and then well we're asking about a certain taxi what do you know 
What have you told people? We're not trying to interfere in anything you're doing. Not trying to get in your, all up in your business or anything. We're just trying to help. We're just trying to help the daughter. Okay. Okay. Where were you on the evening of Saturday, October 14? And is this the first time you're trying to break into my warehouse? My dear sir, we weren't even in the country on Saturday, October 14th. I assure you, we're only looking for the missing Mr. Diaz. I don't know who that is. We're the driver of the taxi cab. Ah. That is all we care about. Your business is completely unknown and frankly uninteresting to us, I assure you. Did something happen to you on October the 14th as well, though, Mr. Lombardo? From one businessman to another? Hmm. Well, there was uh, an incident which I assumed you already knew about, but perhaps uh, you're not that useful to me after all. I think you'd be surprised at how useful I can be, Mr. Lombardo. I may come from a similar line of business just on the other side of the pond, if you catch my drift. Is that so? Well, you tell me one thing and I'll tell you another, okay? Well, fair exchange is no robbery. Tell me what you know about... Wilma Cartwright. Well, the only mention I've ever heard of that name is in that weird church. Eh, uh, so you do not know. Well, I suppose you did answer my question, and I must answer yours, but after that, I may have no more use for you. There was an incident at the warehouse. Two men were killed, three missing, one... Woo-hoo. Want... One turned into a cuckoo, what? <laughs> Brain, you know. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, I see. Yeah. That's a good noises. Uh, I'm anxious to know what happened, but you you know nothing, and, well, you don't seem like a big threat to me, so I'm going to let you go. Just. I can't. We can't let go of this, right? We can't. This is, this is a lead. We can't let go of this. Yeah, I know, right? It seems completely tangential, and yet. Yeah. So. I, I think it's time for some Tommy flimflam. I think. <laughs> so Tommy will say, uh, we might not be any use to you with whatever happened on the 14th, but uh, I have a business on the other side of the pond. You have a business on this side of the pond. I think we may be of use to each other in different ways. Sounds to me, if you're interested in whoever this Wilma Cartwright is, that you're interested in this weird church. Tell me something that embarrasses you. What, in life generally? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh... <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. My friend here in the very f- fashionable white suit is normally very reliable, but he let me down the other night. I found it embarrassing. But I forgive, I forget, I move on. Did he let him down in, in bed? Is, is this what's embarrassing about this? Huh? <laughs> nah, not uh, not how I bat. So, how uh, that's vague. I don't know if I can trust you with this, this vagueness. I don't, I don't know you, you don't know me. I don't think we can work together like this, you know. I'm, I'm sorry. That's not embarrassing. We all have stupid friends. It's not, if, if I was a bastard, time a friend of mine let me down, uh, uh, you know. 
It's very important to me, Mr. Lombardo, that I am seen as a serious and legitimate businessman. It embarrasses me when anything gets in the way of that, shall we say. I come from not ideal circumstances in my background in London. My father was a uh, private dick, fucked off with the nanny. It's not something I'm proud of. It's probably how I've ended up in the line of work I've ended up in. Is that enough to get you going? <laughs> My friend! <laughs> you had me a private dick. <laughs> Fathers, I'm alright. Uh, how about you, uh? uh? You look like you are good at lifting things. Uh, what what embarrasses you? <laughs> um, what embarrasses me? Yeah. Um, I think letting people down that I care about. Oh, he's a soft boy. Eh? Soft boy. Okay. Yeah. That's um, useless for you too. Okay, okay. Here's the deal. My warehouse you tried to break into, okay? It was you. There's no point in trying to, uh... Huh? It was broken into on uh, that, that night you were asking about. I don't know about your taxi driver. And uh, not much was taken. A couple of weird statuses, just no one cared about. But those those statuses, okay, were uh, an order from the, the that Wilma Cartwright, this one tough lady, as you know, runs the church. And uh, well, I think she had something to do with it. And you know, if you're as good as you say, and. Uh, you know, you have a lot of anger in you from your father abandoning you and you're a soft boy who tries to please the ladies. Maybe. <laughs> it's hard to please the ladies when you're a soft boy. I, yeah, it was right there, right? Yeah, a, a, lot, a, lot to, a lot to prove. Um, <laughs> she called the next day, okay? Trying to pay for the, for the statuses, but I think she did that to prove her alibi. There's something shifty going on with that lady. I think she is responsible for that burglary, uh, but I don't know how. Uh, it's uh, I'm completely stumped. Uh, she's she's even filed a lawsuit against me. Against me, a lawsuit. Do, do you believe that? I just really <sighs> for the loss of the statues. Yeah, that she orchestrated. Eh? That's a strong cover, though, isn't it? Mm. To take a lawsuit out if you think she took it. Yeah, uh, I don't know what to tell you. And, uh, you know, if you come back with me with some more information, I might be able to uh, share share something with you. Uh, I just want to I be quite clear about these statues, Signor Lombardo. Could you describe the works in question? Do you think I carry the boxes myself, young lady? What What is this? What, do you not understand the workings of a shipping company? She ordered statues. I what? got them. <laughs> that was it. I didn't. I didn't make out with them. Jesus. I'll. 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 Enough I'll, said. Oh, he definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no one who tries to defend themselves for something like that unless they've actually done it. <laughs> yeah. It was that one statue that Margaret Cornell had, the one with the naked lady and the tentacles. Can I get a listen roll from everyone, please? Ooh, yes. Uh, yeah. What is my Ooh. listen? Oh, it's bass. Amazing. Uh, oh, a pass, though. Ooh, I have 001. 
Oh, well Ooh. done. I was pleased yes. with my hard success. That's our second crit this session. Guys, yes. that's mm -hmm. wow. first. I think, I think we were record. kind of owed one, though, weren't we? Mm -hmm. well, I think Braden's owed two criticals on his own, isn't he? <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> <laughs> I continued failing here and I have failed my role. Oh my god. You okay. failed with like a 666 as well. <laughs> <laughs> Those who passed your listen roll, you hear a soft gurgle. Uh, like uh, from this guy's froggy ass throat? or You can't tell. However, with a critical success, it's coming in the distance and it's getting closer. Oh no. From the distance, certain like out outside the office. Right. Ooh. You think uh, someone's stomach is gurgling, Adelaide? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I start thinking about pancakes. <laughs> and then, before you have time to react, the door flies open, and before you is a utterly unexpected, confusing, and terrifying sight. And this is where we're going to end. <laughs> no! Oh, no. No. We've just made friends with the weird mobster. Cliff, how am I going to put this in the recap? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, everyone. Brayden, Noxicals, Lydia, Hal, and of course, our amazing co-editor, Jason. You've all been the best. And a big, massive thank you to our listeners. You're all exceptional. Your listens, comments, and ratings are incredibly helpful. But if you want a way to support us further, please consider joining us over on patreon.com forward slash stars are right, where you get access to episodes a week early. We'll be back shortly to record Beyond the Badness for our Cold Deldo and Avatar tier patrons. They get access to behind the scenes discussion after every episode, as well as bonus episodes, exclusive Discord channels, and more. Speaking of Discord, you can find an invite link to our Discord community, as well as all of our social media links on our website at starsarite.com and in the description of this episode. Come join us. Now, farewell, dear listeners, until the stars are right again. Before moving on to this week's Beyond the Madness, let's take a moment to read out one of our latest reviews. If you'd like your own review read out on the show, you can also go to starsaride.com forward slash reviews, where you can find links to all the platforms you can rate us on. Patrick Dale said, Great podcast with wonderful players, fantastic production voices I could listen to all day. Thanks for your review, Patrick Dale. 